This is B2B Radio featuring Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a nationally recognized leading business-to-business advisor, will present information that helps reduce risk, improve financial performance, and change your company's future. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. Um, wanted to mention everyone real quick, get this, um, get this out there. If anyone would be, is interested in doing any sort of advertising on the show, whether you want to run, you know, commercials during the commercial breaks, um, we've got some spots open for that. We're looking for, uh, right now a studio sponsor and then also a phone line sponsor. So, uh, and then otherwise you can also, um, advertise on the website. So if you're interested in that by any stretch of the imagination and, and by the way, if you are a, B2B business, this is absolutely a slam dunk. And the reason it is, if you think about it, the folks who are hearing these episodes of B2B radio are all business owners. Um, Virtually 100% of them are business owners. So if you have a B2B business that can function and and help and service people in a national, nationally, it is absolutely, it's very concentrated, right? So you're going to be hitting business owners, um, almost a hundred percent of everyone you hear it, or that hears your advertising is going to be a business owner. Um, as opposed to if you put up a, I don't know, say a billboard or something like that, that, you know, 10,000 people might see it, but it might be 20 business owners. So, um, very concentrated for B2B, uh, businesses out there. Um, we today are going to talk about, so again, uh, I've mentioned this for, oh, by the way, so if, if you're interested in advertising, uh, email us info at mrbizsolutions.com. Um, if you are, um, so if you have any topics or anything like that, certainly send those, um, as well. You can email those to me or tweet them to me or anything like that. Um, but so what I did was I chose a topic today. I did some research and tried to find some of the top small business challenges right now. And, uh, that topic we're going to cover today is how to increase profits. Now, again, a very broad topic, and I could probably do a gazillion shows about this. So we're going to sort of scratch the surface on some of this, but I am going to break it down between, um, you know, some some ways to increase your revenue as well as ways to control or um, you know reduce your expenses, and some of that will cover sort of both sides of that. So um, a couple of statistics. Um, I like statistics. So um, according to the Small Business Administration. of businesses fail within the first year, 33% fail within two years, and of those that fail, 82% are due to financial problems. So this uh, hits home with all of that, and uh, so that's why we wanted to cover this topic. So um, let's start with revenue, Um, different ways to increase revenue. I know this is a one of those topics that, again, almost every business owner that I've ever worked with always says, you know, geez, we need more revenue, we need more revenue. Obviously, it gives you a lot more flexibility, more revenue. You've got flexibility on the expense side. You can think of some meaningful ways to invest that money back in the business to to uh, swing back and, and increase your revenue more, hopefully. So a few things I'll mention. Um, actually, let me stop there before we even get into revenue. Let me, let me cover some things that I think that sort of cover both um, as far as increasing revenue and controlling expenses. Anyone who's heard me talk before for more than like seven seconds has probably heard me mention um, having a good pricing or costing model, absolutely critical. Um, and, and again, you've I've done shows on it. I've talked about it uh, a ton of times. Um, I've written about it. Um, it's just that important and it drives 
anything financial in your business um, is is comes down to that pricing model. And you got to make sure you have an accurate one. And again, as I've mentioned before many times, I have never once worked with a business that I went into and their pricing model was 100% accurate. Every single one of them, there is there have been tweaks at tweaks and sometimes major tweaks that we've had to make uh, to get it sort of in line and where it should be. And the, and the fun, frustrating thing for me on that, not frustrating, but um, uh, sort of uh, ironic, I guess, is you can test your pricing model, right? You can test it based off of prior financial statements and see if it's working correctly or if it's accurate. So there's no excuse really to have an inaccurate pricing model. Um, and maybe you don't have the expertise to put that together. And of course, you can you can talk to someone like myself. There's plenty of people out there that have that expertise that could help you with that. So it's just so critical because with a good pricing model, it helps you on the revenue side, it helps you make sure that you're making the gross margins that you want to make and that, that are target for your industry or your business. Um, it keeps you from taking on, this is a big one, from taking on unprofitable jobs or unprofitable um, having unprofitable products. If you don't have that pricing model, you don't know, right? Um, you need to know how much you're making on each one and, and therefore where to focus some of your, more of your sales efforts and maybe you need to cut um, some products Um it, it, it on the expense side, it helps you realize where you've got a product. Say you're making a widget, and that particular widget is just not uh, a profitable widget. Well, are there corners you can cut? There are ways you can streamline things to make it cost less, to make the pricing model more effective, or is it where you it, it, you just can't? I mean, you've cut it down and you're running it lean, and, and in that case, you probably need to stop making it because you just can't make it in, in a profitable way. Um, so. Th- Pricing model will help you do all of that. Another one, again, a big thing that I do in almost every business that I, I help is create a budget. Most small businesses don't operate with a budget, and I think it's it's a mistake. You create a budget and you review it every month. You review your performance versus that budget every month. That keeps your eye on the prize. That keeps you, you know, take, you, you see what you expected your revenue to be and where it is. Is it up? Is it down? And if so, why? And whether it is, even if it's up, you need to know why. Because that's going to help you. Maybe you can make it go up even more. So it's up because we've increased our marketing dollars and it's, we have a really effective marketing program. Well, in that case, don't be dissatisfied with the fact that it's up. Maybe you look at it and say, hey, let's invest more in this particular marketing program because it's returning at a, you know, we're spending $10 and getting, you know, $100 back in revenue. It's, a, it's you know, giving us a 10 times return. Well, heck, how much can I put in it? Where's the point of diminishing returns where... I can keep investing and keep, you know, pouring that revenue in. Um, so very important there. Um, the other thing, and this goes along with um, the pricing model, but your customers. So as everyone's heard of the 80-20 rule, um, and it applies to a lot of different aspects of life and business, but typically, um, and anecdotally at least, you know, 80, you get 80% of your revenue from 20% of your customers. You need to look at, um, you need to have pricing by customer. Because, and I did a I did a show and we talked about this, but let's say you have a customer that maybe they're just really kind of kind of grouchy and kind of picky about everything, and not that you're churning out bad product or a bad service, but maybe they're just particularly very very difficult to to please, and maybe it, it could be a, a personality mismatch, it could be a skill set mismatch on what they're expecting you to do versus what you're actually capable of doing. Um, in those situations, if you've got a customer 
and you're seeking, again, I'll make up the numbers, you want to have a, a 30% profit margin, gross margin. And for that particular customer, because you have to, again, maybe you have to go out to their house and redo projects instead of, on average, you go out for an extra half a visit to, to fix things like that, like a punch list. Maybe this particular customer, you've done work for them several times and you, you average four visits, four extra visits. That's unprofitable. Those trips are very expensive. So you need to look at customers that aren't profitable. Go back to them and find out if you can make them profitable, right? You can increase the pricing, et cetera. And if you can't, you might have to tell them, hey, you have to take your business elsewhere, which I know sounds crazy, but it's one of those things you have to make those tough decisions. If you don't have a pricing model, you don't have a budget, you're not reviewing these things on a regular basis, you're not going to catch those things. So very, very important. So we're up against the break. Um, we'll come back. We'll give the Mr. Biz tip of the week, and we will dive into uh, ways to increase your revenue during the second segment. So join us again after the break, and we will dive into revenue. Do you need to dive into online marketing but don't know where to start? Maybe you need an expert to help design your website, or maybe you just need to drive more traffic to your website. Our Biz Marketing is here to help. Our customized local service specializes in digital lead generation. Our Biz Marketing, where our business is marketing your business online. Go to rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. rbizmarketing.com. That's rbizmarketing.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to MrBiz at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. Welcome back to B2B Radio with me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. And it is time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. And so this week's tip deals with social media. And the tip is, if your target audience or your target market for your business are, if they're less than 30 years old, so you're looking for people in their 20s or less, you absolutely 100% have to have a presence on Instagram and Snapchat. Those two particular platforms are outgrowing all of the other social media platforms by a multiple, and they have by far the most active members, as you can imagine, um, with the act, average age of the folks that are on those platforms. So um, very important. And because they're active, you can absolutely have very, very effective marketing that pays you back as a multiple as well. Because you have, it's growing so much, and again, with them being active, you put out one thing, uh, you know, one video, let's say, and it becomes, it kind of goes viral, and that thing gets pushed around, and it's so, because it's so explosive, and because that members are so active, I don't want to say it's easy to do that, but it's much easier than the other platforms, and it can really, really pay off for your business. So any business that I work with, it's, that's the target audience, we absolutely have to have that. And if you have to, and again, you might say, well, geez, I don't know anything about either one of those and I don't care. That's, that's short-sighted. Um, find someone you can, you can hire someone. Very, here's, here's an idea. You can go out to uh, find a local college and find someone in college that you know is reliable. Maybe it's best case, right? It's a friend of a friend or one of your uh, friends, I should say, um, you know, son or daughter. Have them manage it for you. Tell them what you're looking for. Tell them what hashtags you want to use, et cetera. 
um, provide them the content and let them manage it though. So maybe once a week, uh, look, I have my daughter manage um, almost all of the, I mean, I provide the content, but she manages all the social media stuff for my businesses. And so um, it's, it's an easy way to do that. You pro- maybe once a week, you send email, put it in a Dropbox, whatever the content and let them manage it throughout the week and let them do the likes and the shares and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it makes it really easy and very inexpensive and it gives them some experience um, and they're online anyway. So take advantage of that. Okay, let's get into some of these revenue tips. Um, and again, so this week we're talking about ways to increase your profits. Uh, first segment, we talked about some things that are sort of over- overarching that will help you in- increase your revenue as well as control your expenses. So let's talk this segment about revenue. So the first thing I'll say is you want to look for new streams of revenue, and specifically, if you can, develop passive streams of revenue. And you say, well, gosh, Ken, thanks for that one. That's groundbreaking. I would never would have thought of that myself. So let's talk about some ways you can do that. Uh, and so passive revenue, let's, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, some people don't realize, realize what that is. Passive revenue, uh, for lack of a better explanation, is really, think about it this way, it is making money while you're sleeping, not literally per se, but it is um, a, a, some form of revenue that you don't have to actually do anything for on an ongoing basis per se. And I'll give you a couple examples as we go through this. So first of all, is what is what's the most difficult part about generating revenue? Getting a new customer, right? So let's cut through the mustard on that one. Don't get a new customer. Look at the customers you have. Are there opportunities to cross-sell with other products that you already offer or other services you already offer that may be valuable to them? I'm not saying you try to put a square peg in a round hole. Um, so you know, I'm not saying you try to push products on people and turn them off, but... Think about some of your customers. It's probably one of those things where you're in the weeds enough that you don't think about, hey, you know what? We actually have this, this, and this that so-and-so customer that I've had for three years would probably benefit from. Let me talk to him or her about that the next time I talk to him. That deepens the relationship, builds loyalty, and it gives you additional uh, revenue without having the cost or the work of acquiring an additional customer. Absolutely something you need to tap into as far as... um, utilizing some of your um, current customers to provide them a better service, provide them better products, more products that will be helpful to them. Um, along those lines, listen to your customers, offer complimentary products. So as you're talking with folks, whether it's a you know, product or a service, and find out some of the things that you say, gosh, this is the, uh, for example, it could be in my business, um, you know, as a, as a fractional CFO and business consultant, maybe a, a bunch of businesses uh, mentioned to me like, gosh, we need a bookkeeper. And, you know, that happens now. And what I do now is I have um, business partners that I refer the business to that I know are really, really good bookkeepers because it's not something I do. But that is an example of maybe I need to look into, should I have a bookkeeping piece of my business? And so if someone needs that, I can provide that within my own business and hire folks to do that. And and not, I don't, I'm not referring it outside of my business. I'm actually having it inside my business. Um, that's a different revenue stream and an additional piece of that. And again, you need to price that out and make sure it makes sense. What are you going to pay people that are doing it for your business and what can you charge and does it make sense and does it make sense for the customer? Um, the other thing, and this goes along the lines of, of passive, a passive revenue stream. So think about, especially if you're in a service or, um, uh, business, and it doesn't have to be service now that I think about it, but what I'll call um, almost like a an educational opportunity. So you can create educational pieces and you can sell them. Uh, and so, and then at that point, you update it once a year. So, for example, um, let's say you have a 
a plumbing business, maybe you're a, you own a plumbing business, you could write, uh, spend the time up front and write something. Or maybe if you don't like writing, you put together a video series and they don't have to be fancy, but on common fixes for things that happen around the house. Do you know how many people would buy that? I mean, think about it. Most people don't want to mess with that, right? Or maybe the husband tries and the wife has ended up calling a plumber and it costs even more because they screwed it up worse. <laughs> but if you put together something like that, whether you wrote it, you put it together once, you do those. And as a plumber, that is an absolute slam dunk. You could name off the top five, six, eight, ten things that are simple things that a do-it-yourselfer could do if they had a little bit of guidance. And you could either, again, write that out. You could do a video series. You would create that. And then you sell it. And you put it on your website. You market it a little bit on social media, maybe. Um, and you offer that to customers as well. Uh, that's a, a form of passive revenue. And again, going back to that, where you're, quote-unquote, making money while you sleep. Once you create that video series or that that ebook or what have you, you know if that's on your website, people can buy that at two o'clock in the morning. You're not you don't have to do anything. They buy it, it gets sent to them, and you're done, right? You don't have to be in the middle of that. So that's what sort of an example of passive income. But that's a huge opportunity. And think about it. That would apply to a lot of businesses, whether it's a service business like myself, being a business consultant. There's different things I can do there. Um, gosh, you could be a a personal trainer where you put together things like that, um, you know, tr um, training routines or diets. You could be a salon or spa owner, an electrician along the same lines. You could be a landscaper and you could give people tips on um, uh, lawn tips on what to do in the fall and what to do in the spring and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, an easy thing to do. You have to invest the time up front, but then it, it kind of pays for itself uh, many times over. And the other thing I'll mention is, um, and this is a, an easier one too, is, is referrals. Um, look for referrals and get referral partners and make it, make it things that are complementary to your business and what you can do. And you can obviously even have referrals from cust existing customers. Again, you don't have to acquire new customers to spend that money and what you can do for current customers. And a lot of people say, well, geez, how much should I pay them for that or whatnot? Some people will do referrals for free, right? People will say, gosh, you gave a great uh, service to me or a great product and I'd like to, uh, my friends to have it, great. Otherwise, you can offer um, money in the form of a discount for future business. So if they never come do business with you, it doesn't really cost you anything. And if they do do business with you, do do, funny, haha, but um, it's just a discount on what you do. So it just cuts into your margin a little bit, but you're still going to make money because it's additional revenue for you, additional business. And again, the pricing model is going to help ensure that whatever you decide on doing with referrals that it is profitable. So you can run it through that pricing model and ensure that. So very important. All right. That's the end of this segment on revenue. We're going to come back after the break and talk through ways to control your expenses. So we'll see you after the break. Are you tired of the recruiting and hiring Merrig around? There simply aren't enough trained diesel mechanics in Columbus. And guess what? It's only going to get worse. I'm Tim Spurlock, president of American Diesel Training Centers. In short, we find, vet, train and place quality entry-level techs through an intensive 12-week hands-on experience. We've partnered with some of the best transportation companies in Columbus. We'd like to partner with you. Find out more at AmericanDieselCBus.com. That's AmericanDieselCBus.com. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at mrbizsolutions.com. 
don't hesitate because there are limited spots available. Follow Mr. Biz on social media at Mr. Biz Tweets on Twitter and Ken Mr. Biz Wentworth on LinkedIn. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back. So let's uh, let's get into this. I want to mention again, thank you to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Capital Plus helps you unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. So you can reach them at cpifunding.com or at 855-522-3951. So let's get into this last segment. So we're talking again this this show about ways to increase your profits. We've talked about some overarching things during the first segment. Second segment, we were devoted to uh, increasing your revenue. And again, and so this topic or this segment, we're going to talk about um, ways to control expenses. This is a super broad topic, right? Uh, increasing your profit. As I mentioned uh, during the beginning of the show, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. So this is almost scratching the surface on it. And it, it's very, I'm trying to make things um, uh, broad enough to where they cover a lot of different types of businesses. And it's not obviously anything that's specific to your business. There's a whole bunch of other ways you can drill down uh, depending on your business and how it's run and, and, and the uh, and the levers you have in that business. So uh did want to mention uh, that. So controlling the expenses. Um, so first of all, uh, the way, where to start with this um, is review your P&L, specifically on the expense side, and look for the biggest. What are your biggest expenses? Now, for uh, 70% of small businesses, uh, that expense is going to be people. What is, that's going to be your biggest uh, uh, cost on the, on the expense side in your P&L. So what you can do with that is, and we had we had, did a show on this recently, but is retention. Um, literally one of the statistics I remember from that show is the cost to replace an employee, to have to replace someone, uh, and this is based from the uh, U.S. Department of Labor, so it's not just some random survey. This is a uh, you know, legit thing. They estimate that, and again, it's overarching for all types of businesses, but the cost to replace an employee is 30% of their first year salary. So, and that takes into account all sorts of different things, right? Uh, the fact that you went without someone for six weeks and what impact does that have your business. So there's a bunch of different factors that play into that 30%. But if you have retention, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have that cost, whether direct or indirect to your business on the employee side. Um, you want to make sure on the employee side that you're paying, and I mentioned this during that uh, that show as well, is paying for performance. So meritocracy, not just giving raises based on seniority, making sure that you're rewarding your high-performance folks um, and your average employees get average average raises or maybe no raises. Um, you need to make sure you separate those. Um, and the other thing to do, you can look at employees. This is going to sound a little crass uh, off the top, but view them as a profit center. And I don't mean that in a negative way. What I mean by that is a lot of people don't consider, um, and I've given this example before, but an administrative person, a lot of people say, oh, that's overhead. I can't do anything about that. That's just a big old cost to me. And that is true on the surface. But if you look at it in a different way, and this is what I mean by sort of looking at it as a profit center, does it does it create profit for you or not, is let's say that if you if, if that administrative person, let's say your administrative assistant wasn't there, who would take on those tasks? In a lot of cases, as a small business owner, it would probably be you, or at least some of those tasks would be you. And okay, what is the cost of that? So now... You are taking on some of these administrative tasks that now take you away from working on your business, and maybe you are the only salesperson in your business. 
So now that's taking away from sales. And where's sales equal? Revenue. So instead of looking at an administrative person as just solely, that's a big cost to me, you need to look at what they do and how much time they free up and the indirect impacts those have on revenue because it absolutely does happen. Um, Another typical place to look um, in controlling expenses is if you have any financing costs. This is one of those things I think a lot of folks uh, finance, uh, whatever it is, maybe they're building, maybe it's some equipment, et cetera, and they, it's just kind of they sign the papers and they put it away and it's all done. As you know, interest rates fluctuate, can fluctuate significantly. Now, the last several years, they haven't significantly fluctuated. We've been in a very low rate environment, which is great. But in cases where the interest rate's moving around, and as, as has already happened, the prime rate has moved up recently and it's expected to continue to move up, um, there might be opportunities there for refinancing. You might be signed into something that you signed five years ago, let's say, that's at an interest rate that's just not competitive to today's, to today's market. And depending on how much you have financed, that could be significant. I worked with one particular business, this has been a while back, but they had their debt service costs, and this this is almost an unbelievable story, but literally it was a, it was a company that was very, very um, expensive equipment oriented. And so they their debt service on a monthly basis was $42,000. Imagine that. Imagine having a business where you know every month you have to come up with $42,000 to just to pay for the debt. Uh, but nonetheless... I came in and looked at that again, same thing I just gave, gave you and told you, look at the expenses. I looked and saw that interest expense and said, holy heck, that is a lot of money. Let's look at ways we might be able to improve that. Long story short, their interest rates were really uncompetitive to what they were in current day. We were able to reduce that down, get this, to $17,000 a month. So they went from paying, which is still a lot of money, but they, they saved $25,000 a month by looking at those financing costs and consolidate, first of all, we consolidated some of it, and then we consolidated in one spot. So we shopped around with some banks, and I had some relationships with some bankers, um, and got the best deal overall for this is how much debt we have, and this is what we want to consolidate into one loan, so it's one payment, not several. So you save on annual fees and things like that in that situation, but they saved literally $25,000 a month. Um, crazy, crazy. So, and that's an extreme example, right? So most small businesses don't have that much debt, but it can happen. And that is an example, uh, if I can toot my own horn on ways that, that hiring someone like myself, I mean, gosh, think about that. I mean, they're paying me nowhere near that, not even close. And they saved all that money. I mean, if they'd have continued on and were paying that additional $25,000 that they didn't need to pay every single month, uh, just absolutely crazy. Um, the amount of money, I mean, it's $300,000 a year. Um, that they saved. Um, so, and again, they wouldn't even looked at that. If they would have never hired me. They they would probably would have never looked at that and would have continued paying that and essentially wasting, leaking that $300,000 a year that they didn't need to. Um, another way, uh, another thing that I see a leakage, a lot out of businesses and expense side is on accounts receivable. So make sure you tighten your process. And we had a show on that, on how to sort of do that to help improve your cash flow. So a lot of different things there. You can check out that show um, in the archives. Um, but tighten your process, make sure you're getting your invoices out quickly, uh, make sure you spell out your terms very clearly. Uh, and then on the collection side, um, again, real quick anecdote, I worked with a company that uh, was a medical practice, and they had they would send out three statements, one at 30, one at 60, one at 90, and then they'd do nothing else. And they would, you know, after four or five months, they just write it off. So the, there was no collection activity. 
And in most cases with small businesses, what I suggest is hiring a collection company and hire them based on a contingency, so a percentage of what they collect to give them incentive to collect the money for you, um, and review the performance of that collection activity. Make sure you're getting your money out of that. Um, another one is taxes. Um, hire a good tax accountant. Uh, there's a ton of money to be saved on that side, I, I see normally. Um, and when you're looking at the expenses, so here's a couple of rules of thumb, and I want to try to get these in before we run out of time here, is look at expenses and um, look what expenses lead to sales directly and indirectly and which ones impact customer service. If if you have an expense that doesn't do either one of those, you need to look at cutting it. Another thing I tell people is during the budgeting process, so you're going to do a budget now, right, because we talked about that, is start with, when you look at your prior year expenses, start with a, make yourself reduce your expenses of your prior year by 10%. Figure out how you can do that. And then you consider increases for the next year. But make that 10%. And I'm telling you, if you go through that exercise, you'll be very surprised. There is leakage, as I call it, or waste in every, almost every company. And 10% is something that's absolutely achievable. So hopefully there's some good tips for you and some ways to uh, increase your profits. Again, we were able to I had to get through and kind of scratch the surface on those. But thanks again for listening this week, and thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Uh, Have a great week, and don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been B2B Radio with your host, Mr. Biz, sponsored by Capital Plus. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for 25 years. Learn more about them at cpifunding.com or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951. 